and to stand before Jesus. He was crucified for you and for me. That's the only plan. I want to invite um, Louise Arsenault. She is going to be reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 33 to 49. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had been assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Our meditation comes from the last uh, six verses that um, our sister, um, oh my goodness, Louise just read for us. And um, all of us have heard many times the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. We all know how before he died, he was unjustly accused 
He was beaten. He was wiped. He, how they tortured him by putting a crown of thorns on his head and how they public, publicly shamed him by making him, making him carry his cross through the streets of Jerusalem as if he were a common criminal. But it caught my attention in this passage that Luke gives only one verse, one verse to describe the last moment or the final moment of Jesus on the cross. The rest of the five verses are describing the things that happen or before Jesus died or after Jesus died. And the first thing that we see in this passage, if you go with me to Luke chapter 23, verse 44, is the darkness. It says, verse 44, it was now about the sixth hour, means 12 noon, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, means 3 p.m., for three hours, for three hours, there was darkness in the land. I was having supper with Amelia on Monday this week. And while we were eating, she told me, Daddy, this Friday is going to be a dark Friday. I thought she was talking about the weather. And I asked her, what do you mean? Yes, it is the day when Jesus died. On the cross. So then I realized she was talking about Good Friday. So I told her, well, we call it Good Friday. To which she replied, I don't understand why it, it is called Good Friday. It was not good at all. She told me. And I said, you are right. But after, I can... I could, ha I could see her eye that she was thinking and moving her little eyes, you know. She has a very big eyes. <laughs> so she was thinking. And after that moment, she told me, I think I might know why it is a good Friday, Daddy. And I asked her why. It is good Friday because Jesus dies to forgive our sins. You know, it's one of those moments when you almost want to say, well, that is not revealed from flesh and bone. This is revealed from God. But that was her answer. And it's exactly what is happening here during these three hours. In the Old Testament, darkness is a sign of mourning. Amos chapter 8, verse eight, 9 and 10 says, had long before prophesied that there will be darkness at the time of the day of the Lord. But at that time, nobody recognized which day of the Lord the prophet was talking about. And the verse says, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. Verse 10, 
closes, saying, I will make that time like mourning for an only, an only son. Unbelievable. So what is, what is happening here during these three hours? And Chris Carter was reading chapter 53 of Isaiah, and in Isaiah, the prophet says, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. How many times we have been telling the, from this place that Jesus, since the moment he came, he came to be a man of suffering. The verse, the, the scripture continues and says, like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we, including us, we esteem him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carry out our sorrows yet we consider him as stricken by god smitten by him and afflicted but this is what is happening in these three hours in these dark three hours but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. That is what is happening during these three hours of darkness on the land. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That is why it was dark. That is why it was a dark, dark Good Friday. God Instead of bringing all the wrath, all the punishment of all our sins, he was charging Jesus with the penalty of our sins. That's why it was dark on Good Friday. Wave after wave of our sins was Pour over Christ's sinless soul. Again and again, during those three hours, his soul trembled us. Because our lies, because our infidelity, because our hatred, because our jealousies, murderers, our pride, all those things were poured upon his purity. Galatians chapter 3, 13 says, Christ redeems us from the curse, from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. Verse 
But the second thing that is happening previously, Jesus' death is the curtains. Well, the sun's light failed. Can you imagine? Nobody can, no commentator can justify what happened during these three hours, but was darkened at noon. Historian says there is no evidence that was an um, what do you, a eclipse on that day. But the second event, while well, this was dark, is in verse 45. And while the sun's light failed, the curtains of the temple was torn in two. The curtain's purpose was to block all eyes and forbid the access to the holy of holies, the most sacred part of the temple, where the presence of God was held on this place. There was a curtain separating, dividing. But now... In the heart of the temple, this great curtain was a slice in two, as if a great sore has cut it. The writer of Hebrews says, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 22 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us. Can you see there? A new way open for us. And says, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. And again in Hebrews 6, 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor force for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtains where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. It's because all the wrath of God was upon Jesus that God says, now I can open a free access for you and for me. And there is no more separation between God and men because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. There is no more separation But now I want, to, I want to notice in the last 
three verses of verse 46. You remember in verse 44 and 45, we see what happened before Jesus died. And then in, in verse 47 and 46, I'm sorry, then Jesus is saying, Father, it is done. All what you send me to do, it is done. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed out his last. And after that, we have in the scriptures three, three different witnesses of what was happening on the cross. The first one is the centurion. In verse 47 says, and when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, certainly this man was innocent. So this is the first witness that Luke is presenting us. The centurion has supervised the cruel torture of Jesus, but he, he had also heard Jesus mercifully tell the daughters of Jerusalem not to weep for him, but for themselves. In verse 28, in the same chapter, he had seen him in and, and, and the other Roman soldiers, and he was praying for them, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. In verse 34, in the same chapter, this centurion had heard Jesus promise paradise to one of the thieves crucified beside him. In verse 43, he likely had stood close enough to the cross in the chilling darkness to make sure no full play occur and had sensed the darkness in the midday. And to this evidence, in front of his eyes, he declares, this man is innocent. The people of Israel reject Jesus. And the first one who believed who Jesus was, was a thief. And the second was a Roman soldier, a centurion. This man is innocent. What a declaration was this. Coming from a man with experience in the battlefield, who he has so many men dying on the battlefield, and now he's looking this man dying, and he is declaring, he is innocent. He is innocent. I am not innocent. I have blood in my hands, but this man is innocent. He is righteous. That is the original there. He is just. And I am not. 
What an example for all of us, right? The only place where we belong is in front of the cross. And the only way for you and for me to receive forgiveness is, is with we, with when we are in front of the cross and we say the same thing that this man was saying, he is innocent. I am the guilty party here. He is sinless. I am the sinner. And this centurion believed when he saw the evidence in front of his eyes. Are you a believer? The evidence, the evidence is irrefutable. But the second spectator is those who were there just as simple and disinterested spectators. Verse 48 says, and all the crowd that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, look at the reaction. They returned home, beating their breasts. They recognized that there was an injustice against Jesus but they couldn't recognize themselves as the guilty, as the Roman soldier. Probably they were remorse because they were the ones who were claiming or crying, crucify him, crucify him. Probably they have remorse, but not repentance. They went home with no more than remorse for the one who they sent him, they sent to death. They never recognized who Jesus was, and very soon they forgot about the matter. They never find a reason to worship God. And the last group that we see in those verses is in verse 49. And all his acquaintances and the woman who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. His own friends and followers and other gospels mentioned that they were some of his disciples. They were at a distance. They were so afraid to suffer the same fate than Jesus if they were recognized as their followers or their family. They were afraid Most of the times, my friends, 
afraid brings unbelief to our hearts. Jesus had told them that he was going to come back from the death many times, but they couldn't believe it. They were afraid of their, to lose their own lives. Enough and fear dears paralyzes to follow Jesus. Fear of the uncertainty, fear of what is going to happen to us. Fear of suffering, probably the same fate of Jesus. And all these things are blocked their beliefs, their faith. The question tonight is in which group are we? Or better, in which group you want to be? Tonight, as we go home in silence, think about these three groups. Think if with all the evidence you will, you will say, he is the innocent, he died for me. Or if you are going to go home with remorse, oh, that's a sad story. And probably it's a fairy tale, but so sad. Or you're going full of fear, living with fear, paralyzed, unable to do what God wants you to do and to believe the things that he wants you to believe? That is the question. Let's pray. Lord, darkness, was defeated by your death. Unbelief, fear, was defeated by your death. Help us today and for the rest of our lives to recognize that you are innocent. You were innocent. But anyways, you died for us and sacrificed everything for us. Jesus, increase our faith. Open our eyes to see you as the righteous dying for the unrighteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, let's come.